Well, this was a long time coming. What's up, guys? This is your boy, Shino D. Phoenix here, and this is the very first thoughts and reaction of 2020. And this time, we're going to be talking about New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. And like I said in the beginning, it was a long time coming for me to do this review. I was going to save it for episode 47, and I said, why not? Because I want to talk about uh, this show, which I thought was excellent. I thought it was an excellent show, and... All I can say is, man, New Japan is doing everything right every single year. They always, they always know how to get you excited for what's to come in 2020. But man, this was an awesome show. This was an awesome show. But with that aside, let's do the usual introductions. You guys know where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. I do live tweet. I didn't live tweet for. Like, I tried live-tweeting for the Wrestle Kingdom show, but it was too much. But I managed to stay up for night one, which I thought was a big success for me right there. But night night two, I did not do that. Night two is going to be separate, by the way. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Like the Facebook page, No One's Ready for Wrestling. Continue to support this podcast, because it really does so much for me. And... Give this a five star. Share what you love about this show. And um, without further ado, and I'm cracking my knuckles, by the way. Without further ado, let's get right into the show. Now, the dark match, we had the starter match. We had Mayu Iwatani and Arisa Hushiki, who I'm keeping an eye on this year because I, this, it was my first time. Like, it was my first time seeing her on stardom. Like, I saw some of her work in Stardom World. She is a phenomenal uh, athlete. They took on Hanakamura and Galia. Now, I don't know if I pronounced it right, so I apologize. So, this was not recorded on New Japan World. Uh, it's probably going to be shown on their Stardom webs website. Uh, we don't know. Uh, it could happen. It could happen. But... <clears throat> Mayu Iwatani and Arisa Hoshiki, they got the win. Apparently, Hanakamura accidentally dropkicked, um, like hit a springboard dropkick on her partner, and Mayu took advantage of it, hit the moonsault, and that was pretty much it. And that's what I read on social media. So, and they said it was received well, so that's a good, that's a good sign too. That's a good sign as well, that... Stardom might actually be doing a show at the Tokyo Dome in the future. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We can make it happen. So our pre-show match, we had Toa Hanra, Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors. I blame Joe Hendry for the Joseph Connors theme. Joseph Connors. And Alex Coughlin, they took on Togi Makabe and Hanma, the Great Bash Heels, and they teamed with Yota Suji and Yuya Uemura. And I don't know when I was watching it live, I was thinking to myself, hmm, where is Shota Umino? And, well, I'll explain that when we get to uh, the U.S. title match. Now, commentary mentioned that there are tensions between both dojos, which they have shown, which is shown in that ring right there. We had Yuya Unamura and Clark Connor starting things off. And it was back and forth, back and forth. And we're going to fast forward a little bit. Hama, he hit the Kokeshi, which is like falling straight on his head to the other opponent's head for a near fall, which I loved. Um, Suji applied the Boston Crab. Toa 
on Toa and uh, Yota was was getting chopped by Coughlin and he's not um, <clears throat> letting go. Excuse me, I have to clear my throat. Yota then spears Alex uh, Coughlin. Toa turns Yota inside out with a lariat for a near fall and hits the Toa bottom for the win. This was a good match. It was a good match, but I know that, I mean, I don't know what it is with the young lines. It's just eh for me. I don't know why. And it's not, and I, and I see the future in them. Like, and I'm being honest with you, but these, like, it's just easily forgettable for most people's eyes, in my honest opinion. So our next pre-show match, we had Tenkozy, which for those who are new to this product, it's Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kojima versus Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. Now, they attacked immediately after, like, they attacked uh, Nagata and Nakanishi immediately, Tenkozy does. Nakanishi suplexes both of them. Kojima hit a DDT on Nagata and tags in Tenzan. And he follows it up with a brain buster on Nagata for a two count. Fast forwarding, I know. Fast forwarding, um, Nagata gets tagged in. Um, we have machine gun chops by Kojima, followed by the run, running corner elbow. He does his little catchphrase in Japanese. I don't know what he says, but, like, I don't even know what he says, but it's, it's, it, Everybody says it at the same time. Um, Nakanishi's up on his feet, sends Kojima off the top rope. We have the Tenkoji cutter on Yuji for a near fall. And Kojima hits a lariat on Nakanishi, and that was pretty much it. It was a decent match. It wasn't bad, in my honest opinion. And then we had to wait for the main card to start. And can I just mention... That rate, that waiting music, and I even tweeted this out. I said that waiting music is so damn catchy, and I I want to I want to have it on Apple Music or something like that, or have it seen on YouTube or like it is so catchy, so fucking catchy, and people agreed with me on that. So the main card, we had Naoki Sano, Senjiro Otani, Tatsuhito Takawa. And Yusuke Taguchi with uh, Kunaki Kobayashi. Taking on Jushin Thunder Liger. We had Tasumi Fujinami. Legend. We had the great Sasuke and Tiger Mask with El Samurai in their corner. So this was the first part of Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement match. And these were all, like, all of Jushin's rivals. And they got the OG uh, referee that worked New Japan a while back and the OG ring announcer that worked with uh, them a while back. So that was a nice sight to see. Now Liger and Sano, they started things off. Sano hit a suicide dive on Liger. We had Otani tagging in. He f- face washes Liger and he takes out the great Sasuke in the process. Liger avoids the third, gets up on his feet to avoid it and hits a Shote, but he doesn't fall. So he hits multiple, multiple Shotes and Otami falls. Tiger Mask and Hakawa get tagged in. They both trade strikes back and forth, which was a, was nice to see. Um, Takawa hit a, a Death Valley driver on Tiger Mask and tags into Gucci. And Taguchi follows it up with uh, hip attacks. And I always like doing this. Every time Taguchi does the hip attack, I always scream, Heep! Like that. 
Because it's, it's hilarious. I like Taguchi, man. He's awesome. He is awesome. Um, Sano, he gets tagged in and hits a brutal kick in the face by Tiger Mask. It literally caught him right in the lower chin. So, that looked, that looked nice. Otani then hit a diving elbow drop for a two count on Tiger Mask. He hits a Tiger Driver, Tiger Mask does, and he tags in Fujinami and he runs wild with dragon screws and puts Otani in a dragon screeper. Dragon Screeper. I can't even fucking speak. Dragon Sleeper. And which was broken up by Sano. Now Sasuke tagged in and he goes for a Senton. And I shit you not, I thought he landed on his neck. I thought he landed on his neck. And Sano tags in, he misses the diving stomp. He almost literally buckled his knee right there. Sano hit a superplex. Both men make the tag to Liger and Taguchi. We had an avalanche run up by Liger for a near fall. Tiger Mask hits a diving plancha or a diving crossbody on Otani on the outside. We had Liger rolling up Taguchi for a close near fall. Taguchi hits Enzigiri's on Liger and connects with the bum IA, not bum IA, bum IA for a near fall. And Taguchi, he hits Dodon on Liger, and that was it. Put, o- put over uh, Taguchi, which I didn't have a problem with, but the crowd was literally shocked that Liger took that pin. I mean, you want to go on your back, do it the right way. So, this was a good match, and seeing some of the old, seeing some of the OG guys was pretty awesome. Awesome sight to see. Um, next, we had Suzuki Gun, consist- consisting of Minoru Suzuki, Taichi and El Desperado and the British heavyweight champion himself, Zack Sabre Jr. Damn, I miss uh, Takamichi Noku. I really do. I miss him introducing ZSJ. It is so awesome. Um, they take on LIJ, which consisted of Sonata, Evil, Shingo Tagaki, and Bushi. Suzuki Gun, they immediately attack LIJ because... Like, right before the bell, because why why not? You had Suzuki and Evil start things off. Evil hit a Bronco Buster for a two count on, on Suzuki. Suzuki applied a hanging on bar on uh, Evil and attacks Evil with a chair. Now, there's a, there a lot of crazy shit happening outside, so, like, I wasn't even paying attention to that. Suzuki slaps Evil, which... You should learn, never get in a striking contest with Evil. And he puts him in a rear naked tro- choke and tries to go for the Gotch-style power driver, but Evil escapes. Taichi is in next, and Evil uh, Evil attacks him with forearms, but Taichi, but it doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect Taichi. Um, Evil hit Taichi with a suplex, tags in Tagaki, and he runs wild on Taichi and El Desperado. Taichi then hit uh, the Enzigiri, takes the trousers off. <clears throat> Hashtag Angel Gaza versus Taichi. I'm already thinking New Japan NXT match. Right there. That's the best match I would love to see. And he tries to go for that super kick, but it gets blocked by Tagaki. Tagaki and Taichi, they had a really nice back and forth. Shingo Tagaki is one tough son of a bitch. He really is. And... 
Tai Chi, I, I say, I, I like this guy so much that like, I can't even put it in words. Words cannot do it just. But man, th- they had a nice back and forth, which I would recommend you guys watching. Now, Sonata applied the Paradise Lock on Desperado. ZSJ applied the Cobra Twist. Zack then escapes the Paradise Lock with a roll-up cover for a two-count. Bushi tags in, hits the missile dropkick on ZSJ, does the Bushi Rooney. Um, we had a super kick by Evil, and Bushi fouls it up with a backstabber, which is a nice tag team maneuver right there. ZSJ applies the... Um, Omoplata and transitions it into the Ring of Saturns and my arms like I shit you not my arms literally cringe because it like bent all the way back and Bushi tapped out he uh, gave up this was a good match they have really great intensity all, all eight of these guys do and all I could say is man <laughs> man ZSJ I don't ever want to be in a submission with ZSJ but this was pretty much set to build towards their match at night two between Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. So that's what I love about it. We had Chaos featuring Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, and Toriano. I know I'm forgetting someone. I know I'm forgetting someone. And Yoshihashi, that's who it is. <laughs> Versus Bullet Club, because I did not put his name on my notes. Stupid me. We had Kenta who got new theme music and it sounds so awesome. I like it. And it fits his Bullet Club persona. Chase Owens, Bad Luck Fale, and Yujiro Takahashi. Um, Kenta and Goto, they locked eyes before the bell rang. Yano, now this was an LOL moment for me. Yano, he wanted to start the match off. Bad Luck Fale was in the rings to start the match off. And he looks and he just screams, Oh! <laughs> and I was laughing so hard because he's like, okay, I could do this. I could do this. He tries to do shoulder tackles on Bad Luck Fale, but to no avail. <laughs> Yano is entertaining. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me for one second. Had to clear my throat. Now, Yano tags in. Hashi and Fale, uh, Tagged in Owens. They traded strikes back and forth. Um, Ishii tries to go for a suplex on Fale, but to no avail and gets body slammed. Yano attacks him, but um, Kenta and Goto are tagged in, and Goto puts Kenta down with a brutal lariat. Kenta hits, Kenta hits the DDT on Goto and tags in Yujiro. And the highlight of this match, in my honest opinion, Ishii hits a suplex on Bad Luck Fale. Like, that was an awesome spot right there. Goto hits Ushiguroshi on, <clears throat> on Yujiro. And he follows it up with the GTR. And he pins Yujiro while staring at Kenta to win the match. This was decent. And it could be easily forgettable. But this build towards Kenta's match with you I'm about to say with Yujiro. With Goto on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Which we will talk about on a separate recording. But this was decent, in my honest opinion. Gorillas of Destiny defend their IWGP Tag Team Championship against Finjuice, who are the winners of the World Tag League of 2019. Now, I love how the commentators mentioned that the IWGP Tag Titles had changed like several times during Wrestle Kingdom, and 
<clears throat> all I can say is, I'm trying to think. All I can say is that, man, I honestly think, I thought it was going to be Gorillas of Destiny's time, but I had a feeling they were going to give it to Finn Juice. Um, they brawled on the ramp like they were waiting for Gorillas of Destiny. And they did not have their war paint on. And I'm asking myself, where's the war paint? Now, they brawled to the ramp, on the ramp. Tongaloa, he hit a back body drop on Juice right on the ramp. And it sounded painful. It sounded painful. Loa tried to go for a stalling suplex on Juice, but it's reversed by a reverse DDT on Loa. He tags... And he tags in Finley, and he runs wild on uh, Tonga Loa. Now, Loa, he um, <clears throat> drags David off the top rope, shoulder first. And if you pay attention, his shoulder was literally taped. You could see the tape on the shoulder of David Finley. So that was a nice attention to detail right there. Loa then hit a running power slam. That is way better than Braun Strowman. <clears throat> And tags in Tama Tonga. Tonga hits a snap suplex on Finlay for a two count. And Gorillas of Destiny, they work on uh, David Finley with fifteen with five minutes passing by. Finlay fires back with strikes while Tonga Loa was talking shit to him. And he's like, come on, man. Give me more. Give me more. He chops him and he just eats a right hand by Loa. I love that. Because you like, I remember the last time... When someone was chopping Loa, it was at Wrestle Kingdom. He was like, fuck that shit. I hate you, you motherfucker. And I, I was laughing so hard at this. Oh, good times. I love it. I love it. Now, Finley, he gets a desperation spear on Loa. Crawls in for the tag to Juice. Robinson hits separate spine busters on both Tamatanga and Tonga Loa. He attacks with jabs, and Loa counters the left hand of God with a knee strike into an enziguri and with a German suplex. Now, Juice, he fights off the double team he with leg lariats on both Gorillas of Destiny. Finley tags in, and uh, Loa is taken out with a slingshot crossbody. Finn, Juice, they hit Honga with the running leg sweep, uh, running dropkick combination for a close near fall. Um... Lower power bombs Finley, and Tonga follows it up with a splash for a two count. Finley escaped Magic Killer and hits a suplex on Loa. Gorillas of Destiny hit a double team net breaker for a near fall. Then they hit Magic Killer for a near fall because it was broken up by Juice, and he gets one for his own troubles as well. Finley uh, hits Arana on Loa. He counters the gun stun. With the Okada roll for a two count. He rolls right by Jado, And while the ref was distracted. Jado hits him in the back. With the kendo stick. And Tonga rolls him up for another close near fall. We have Finley hitting a stunner. On Tonga for a near fall. Lots of near falls here. Juice hit J Jado with the left hand of God. He hit Loa with two left hands of God. And... Takes him out with Pulp Friction. Finley hits the sliced bread on Tonga. And we get new IWGP Tag Team Champions. This was a great match. This was like the intensity level was so high. And I loved every second of it. I'm going to be honest with you. I loved every second of this match.
Then we get the IWGP United States Championship in a Texas death match. There's no pinfalls. There's only submissions and winning by knockout, which the ref has to count to 10, by the way. And I was thinking to myself, man, where is, I think Shota, um, I've been thinking about Shota Umino, and I was saying Moxley and Umino again is a nice pairing. I want to see it again, but we didn't see it here. Now, during the entrances, we got Moxley. He was grabbing chairs and throwing them in the ring. Archer, he had two trash can lids during his entrance. And then we had the match itself, which was brutal as fuck. It was intensity, brutality at its finest. This is their brutality. Now, Moxley, he charges into Lancey and attacks him with multiple strikes. Archer hits a crossbody on Moxley. And Moxley hits a tope suicida on Archer. And he grabs the kendo stick on the outside. Archer then threw a chair at Moxley right in the face and follows it up with multiple shots with chairs, trash can lids, and a kendo stick. Now, the momentum changed here when Archer tried to go old school, but he loses his balance and Moxley runs wild with the kendo stick shots. Moxley then hit Archer in the face with the trash can lid and... It was just brutality right here. We had... Oh, excuse me. We had Moxley superplexing Archer between two chairs with the trash can lid in between, which looked brutal as fuck. And he follows it up with a running knee strike. Ref was counting. He makes the count. Um, We had Archer catching Moxley with an apron chokeslam bomb and grabs a young lion and chokeslams him to Moxley. I laugh my ass off at this because if you're at if you're in the presence of Lance Archer and you're a young lion, watch your back because you're going to get killed. Everybody will die. I'm telling you right now. I'm just being honest with you. Just being honest with you. <laughs> now, <clears throat> this was another brutal spot. He hit blackout on Moxley on a stack of chairs and it was it looked painful as fuck and it made my uh back cringe right there. Archer then applied the everybody dies claw on Moxley, slamming him on the chair multiple times, and Moxley escapes by countering it with the armbar. And Lance escapes with the the armbar with an overhead suplex. And this match was just so awesome. My eyes were literally glued to the screen. Um, <clears throat> Moxley then escapes the uh, choke slam and hits a snap DDT. Um, Archer then escapes the Death Rider and pounced Moxley. Archer then choke slams Moxley on the chair, and Moxley makes the count and flips off Archer, only to eat a beat, only to eat a big boot for his own troubles. That's what happens if you flip off Lance Archer. You get a big boot, and I wouldn't be at the hands of that as well. <laughs> Now, Lance, he grabs two tables from under the ring and he sets it up on the outside. Archer then uses the spike for on his helmet and he he uses that as a weapon and literally grinds it on the forehead of John Moxley. And he looks for Blackout, but Moxley escapes, hits the Death Rider through the tables, and you can literally see blood coming out of the shoulder of uh, 
like pouring down on the shoulder of Lance Archer. Moxley gets up, he makes the count, and he wins the IWGP United States Championship. It was brutal, it was awesome, and it was the right decision because you had unfinished business with Juice. Because that was the original plan right there. Now, post-match, Moxley said that he came to Tokyo to leave with nothing or leave with the United States Championship, and he calls out Juice to settle this once and for all for night two. And you're going to like this match, trust me. Trust me. Holy shit, what I thought was one of the best matches on the entire card. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship between Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay. Holy shit, man. Holy shit. I, I, I can't put it in words. It is so fucking amazing. Like, Will Ospreay, and I, I'm going to say this. There's a reason why Will Ospreay was my MVP of 2019. That was one of the... This is one of the reasons. Matches like this. Matches like this are the reasons why I love Will Ospreay. Fast pace was always the best thing about an opening match between these two guys. Fast pace. Hiromu hit an apron powerbomb on Ospreay. Ospreay hit a double stomp on the back of Takahashi's head. And he followed it up with a draping DDT for a two count. Osprey then hits a reverse neck breaker on the outside. And he was in control for the most part of the match. And Hiromo hits a beautiful, like, flatliner, which I can't do it just. It felt like, um, like, how can I describe it? It was like, he was up on his uh, body. He jumped up, propelled himself to turn, and literally flatlined him like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is awesome. That was awesome. We had Hiromu hit a Falcon Arrow for a two count. And my mind, I'm screaming Chucky e. T saying, nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Now, Osprey, he changed the momentum with a handspring enzigiri, which is a thing of beauty. I think nobody does a handspring enzigiri better than Will Osprey. Um, the best spot of this match, and I believe this is the spot that also may have had the injury that Will Osprey dealt with on his ankle which was being reported. Um, Osprey goes for the Sasuke special. Hiromu catches it and tries to go for the German suplex, but Osprey lands on his feet. Osprey escapes the belly-to-belly suplex back in the ring, does the Sasuke special again, and connects it. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Now, <clears throat> he comes back with Pip-Pip Cheerio, which is a springboard forearm for a two-count, and... Part of me literally screamed "Pip Pip Cheerio, motherfucker," because I I think of his, I think of him and Ricochet during their time in New, during Ricochet's time in New Japan, and that awesome match that got everybody talking. We had a top rope six one nine by Osprey. He followed it up with a springboard double stomp on the neck of Hiromu. Then back in the ring, Osprey hits a tope, hits a top rope drop kick. Literally missed. You could literally see that it clearly missed, but Takahashi sold it like he got attacked. Now, Osprey tried to go for the hidden blade. I would not be at the hands of a hidden blade, just ask Kota Ibushi. But Hiromu collapses. Now, Osprey hits Cheeky Nandos, and Hiromu escapes with an avalanche wheelbarrow driver for a close near fall. And I'm like, I'm on my feet watching this. Holy shit, this is amazing. Now, 
Hiromu is busted open, I believe, after that spot right there. Like his like blood was pouring out of his nose. Takahashi hits a dynamite plunger for a near fall. Osprey hits the Tiger Wall flip kick into an enziguri, and he followed it up with a Robinson special. Which I love the Robinson special. It is a thing of beauty. And Hiromu counters the Oscotter, but Osprey hits made in Japan for a near fall. Osprey hits a shooting star press, followed it for another near fall, and he followed it up with the Oz Cutter for another near fall. This is amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Osprey then connects the hook kick, or what I call the Mauer Fuji kick, and tries to go hits the hidden blade, tries to hit the hidden blade, but Hiromu avoids it and hits a desperate pop-up power bomb, and both men are down. They traded strikes back and forth with 20 minutes passing by. We had Hiromu countering a handspring enziguri into a German suplex. We had Will escape the lariat and turned it and is about to hit the power bomb, but Hiromu turns it into a Canadian destroyer, which looked fluid as fuck. That entire sequence was so fluid that I, I rewinded five times when I was watching it again. I rewinded five times because. It was just so amazing. He hits the running Death Valley driver on the ring post. And Osprey escapes Time Bomb. Hiromu hits two super kicks and is looking for Time Bomb. But Osprey hits a hook kick and is looking for Stormbreaker. But Hiromu escapes and Osprey hits a Spanish fly for a close near fall. This was all over the place, man. Osprey hits a brutal hidden blade. Literally decapitate like not decapitating him in real life but just taking his head off and Osprey looks for Stormbreaker but Hiromu hits a cold red he turns it into a cold red for a near fall Hiromu turns Osprey inside out with a lariat and hits time bomb for a near fall and the end of the match he hit a modified Emerald Flosion to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship this was awesome. This was an excellent match. And this is a match I literally would recommend you guys watching if you're new to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Watch that match. That's all I'm going to tell you. Watch that match. It's already on my match of the year list right there. Next up, we had the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match between Tetsuya Naito versus Jay White with Ghetto. Now, Jay White, he rolls out the ring just to get a breather. And you have Naito not being fooled by his bullshit. He's like, all right, you want to play that game? I'll play this game. He grabs Ghetto, or Gato, whatever you want to pronounce him, and leaves him with a dilemma. So they go back in the ring. They trade his strikes back and forth. He had Naito. He hit a reverse hanging neck breaker on the outside. Um, Gato grabs the leg of Naito for White to take control of this match. Five minutes are passing by, and we got White pulling Naito into the post while the ref is checking on White, Gato hits Naito on his knees, which was taped, heavily taped. Now, White hits a snap Saito suplex on Naito, literally landing, he literally landed on the back of his head, and he's out in the ring, and White, like a heel, mocks his uh, Tranquilo pose. So... White then works on the injured knees of Naito. 
and applies the Muda Lock with 10 minutes passing by. Naito then hit a jumping Rana on White, hits the combination Cambron on White, like the third one, he's like, I'll stop, and then he looks, kick, right in the face. Like, drop kick right in the face. I laughed at that. And he locks in what I think is a crucifix uh, hold, a crucifix submission with 15 minutes passing by. And White gets out of it. Naito hits multiple elbow strikes on the neck of White. He, Jay White hits a snap flatliner into a deadlift German suplex. Naito then hits a draping neckbreaker. White then pulls Naito off the top rope, and Naito landed face first on the turnbuckle. 20 minutes pass by, and White hits a Uranagi, which is beautiful looking, for a two count. White then hits a snap Saito suplex over the top rope, and the way Naito landed right on the apron, holy shit, that was a terrible landing. Naito escapes the Kiwi Crusher, but Naito... He escapes, lands on his feet, but his leg gives out. His leg takes effect, and White takes advantage of it, hits the Blade Buster, and turns it into a Kiwi Crusher for a close near fall. White then applies the inverted figure four on the injured knee of Naito, but he makes it to the ropes. And Naito, doing what Naito does best, he spits in Jay White's face. Jay White not pleased about this. He tries to attack him, but Naito hits a pop-up spine buster. Both men are down. Naito then hits a step-up enziguri into a tornado DDT. And follows it up with a Super Rana off the top rope. After the Super Rana, he hit the Gloria. But he hit the Gloria only for a close near fall. Naito looks for Destino and Whitecap collapses. Like, I'm doing this in air quote. He collapses or should I say, plays possum, and smiles and eats a boot to the for his troubles. Like, Naito wasn't falling for it. Naito tried again, but he gets away from it and shoves Naito to Red Shoes, White does. While Red Shoes is down, Gato tries to attack with the chair, but Naito attacks him. White threw the chair in Naito's face, eats a sleeper suplex. White then spits in Naito's face, and he... Hits another one, another sleeper suplex, but Naito hits a running Destino out of nowhere, and both men are down. We had a poison Rana off the top rope by Naito, and he followed it up with Destino for a near fall. He hit a brain buster and finished him off with Destino to win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. This was a really good match. Really good match. And everyone loves Naito. So, who is he going to be facing in night two? Is it going to be... Well, you already know, but for those who never watch, is it going to be Kota Ibushi? Or is it going to be Kazuchika Okada? Speaking of which, we got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match between Kota Ibushi and Kazuchika Okada. My goodness, man. Can I just say... That um, Kazushka Okada's entrance is just so freaking awesome. It is so amazing. To the point where I-, I had to watch it again. And he had new attire. His entrance attire glows up, glows when like in the dark. 
I love this. His, like it looked so amazing. So Okada then hit his he hit shoulder tackle, but Abushi kips up because Kota is a badass. Abushi avoids the rainmaker, hits his Abushi combinations, and kicks him in the chest into a kick in the chest into a standing moonsault for a near fall. First near fall, Abushi hits a kick straight to the chest of Okada. And Okada hits a running elbow on Ibushi. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Okada, he then spiked Ibushi with a DDT for a close near fall. On the outside, Okada shoves Ibushi on a steel ramp, sets him up with a draping DDT. And he hits another DDT on Ibushi, spiking him again. Back in the ring. Ibushi uh, hits a dropkick on Okada. Beautiful looking dropkick. Abushi then followed it up with a power slam into a second rope mid- moonsault for a two count. Okada then drop kicks Ibushi off the top rope into the floor. And then on the outside, we had Okada hitting the big boot, sending him over the barricade. And Okada followed it up with a high crossbody with 10 minutes passing by. We had Okada hitting a diving elbow drop and does the Rainmaker pose. The camera shot is just so awesome. And Okada looks for the Rainmaker, but Ibushi tries to go for the backflip kick, which was caught by Okada, and Ibushi fights out of it and turns it into a fucking bastard driver, which is a thing of beauty for a close near fall. Now, Ibushi counters the shotgun dropkick into a double stomp. Awesome spot. He hits a golden triangle moonsault on the outside to Okada, on Okada, and... Back in the ring, he hits the Golden Star Powerbomb for a close near fall. His power, his sit-out powerbomb is a thing of beauty. Like, I, I, I could talk about Ibushi over and over again, but this man is fucking incredible. Now, Okada counters the Bamaye with a dropkick and follows it up with a tombstone. Okada has multiple European uppercuts, but Ibushi doesn't stay down. And Ibushi, like a possessed demon... Literally palm striked Okada and knocked him down. And he had that death stare in his face. Like, he wanted to kill you. He wanted to kill you. And he just, like, Ibushi was just punching the shit out of Okada when tw- with 25 minutes passing by. And I'm like, holy shit, where the hell has this Ibushi been? This is awesome. Now, Ibushi, he was looking for a deadlift German suplex like he was standing on the middle middle rope trying to deadlift him but Okada escapes and hits the big boot follows it up with a tombstone on the apron and both men are down this is awesome in my honest opinion I'm literally chanting this is awesome in my mind Okada then hit the air raid neck breaker for a two count and hit the heavy rain for another one another two count Okada then folds Ibushi in half with a German suplex. Is looking for a roll, rolling Rainmaker, which I, I said rolling Rainmaker, a spinning Rainmaker, which Ibushi countered into a lariat. Brutal one at best. Ibushi then hits a middle ropes deadlift German suplex for a close near fall. 30 minutes have passed by. He had Okada hit a spinning tombstone and... Okada's looking for the Rainmaker, but Ibushi gives him one of his own Rainmakers. 
and both men are down. This was absolutely amazing right here. Like the ending of this like the ending parts was so fantastic. You had um Abushi hitting the Bamaye, but Okada gets up at one. He kicks out at one. And Abushi gives him another one for a close near fall. Abushi then hits the high kick and he follows it up for a Kamagoye. And I thought that was it right here. And I'm like, this is Abushi's time. It's Abushi's time, but Okada kicks out at a 2.9 near fall. Now, Okada then hits a drop kick. Both men are down. They're trading strikes back and forth. And Abushi finishes it with a high kick and a spinning kick. The, the exhaustion is literally kicking in. Abushi counters the missile drop kick into a power bomb for a near fall. And Abushi misses the Phoenix Splash. Okada takes advantage, capitalizes on this, hits a spinning rainmaker. And hits a regular Rainmaker. And I'm like, that's it. But Abushi kicks out at 2.9. And I'm like, holy shit, he's kicking out. Okada hits another Rainmaker. Maintains wrist control with another Rainmaker. And he looks for the third one. And Abushi escapes and hits a high kick and a V-trigger. Following up with a V-trigger. Shout out to his friend Kenny Omega right there. And he's looking for Kamigoye. But Okada counters it with a tombstone and... Puts the Golden Star away with the Rainmaker. I, I can't do it just, guys. This was an amazing main event. An amazing main, main event that told the story. Like, after the match, you could see the disappointment on Ibushi's face. He had Naito coming out and addressing his challenger for Night 2. And all I can say is Night 1, it was a really great show. A really, really great show. And... I'm looking for, and I got my notes for night two ready, but this was amazing. This was great. And I don't know about you, I think they should do this more often. I like the two night uh, events for uh, Wrestle Kingdom. They should do more of that. So, I'm going to see you guys next time. You guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter. It, it was a thumbs up show all the way. It was a thumbs up success for uh, night one, and I'm looking forward to uh, night two. So don't go anywhere, guys. We are about to uh, hit night two uh, later on. I'm going to take a quick uh, drink break, and I'll be back with night two. Stay here. Stay here, ladies and gentlemen. Man, after taking a water break, it's time we get back to talking Wrestle Kingdom 14. And this time, we, we're going to talk about Night 2. So, we're going to start off with the pre-show match. Um, We had the Gauntlet Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship between L LIJ, which is represented by Evil, Shingo Tagaki, and Bushi. Chaos being represented by Yoshihashi, Robbie Eagles, and Tomohiro Ishii. Suzuki Gun being represented by El Desperado, Taichi, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, Bullet Club, which is represented by Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. And finally, the champions, the most violent players of Togi Makabe and Toriyano. And we got Yusuke Taguchi. So it started off with Bullet Club and uh, Chaos. They started things off. The gauntlet match. Bullet Club immediately attacks Chaos. 
We have Fale. He hit a grenade on, uh, I believe, Robbie Eagles for a near fall. We get super kicks by both Eagles and Hashi on Fale. Ishii hits the brain buster on Owens, and Bullet Club is eliminated. Next up is Suzuki Gun. Taichi was singing his awesome song. And um, we have Robbie Eagles cradle Kanemaru to eliminate Suzuki Gun. Like, you could tell, like, this is really skippable right here. This pre-match is easily skippable, but it's still worth the watch. Um, LIJ is out next. And, um, Evil, he hits Ishii with Darkness Falls to eliminate Chaos. Ryusuke Taguchi and the most violent players are out. Shingo Tagaki hits Pumping Bomber and finishes Taguchi off of Made in Japan to win the Never Open Way six-man titles. This was decent. It was a decent match, but like I'm putting my notes is easily forgettable because I know you want people want to see the main show, and I'm just being honest with you. So the main card we have Jushin Thunder Liger's final match at the Tokyo Dome. We had Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee, and for those who don't know, that's Dragon Lee, current Ring of Honor Television Champion, taking on Naoki Sano and Jushin Thunder Liger. Now, when I was watching it, and I put this on my notes, when I was watching it and Fujiwara came out, they played Flight of Valkyries, which was altered. And I literally thought Daniel Bryan was here. <laughs> I literally thought, wait, is that Daniel Bryan's music? Until I clicked and I'm like, nah, it's the rock version of it. Uh, so I gotta have to, I had to slap myself in the face for that. So, Liger and Takahashi, he start, they started things off. They they worked they did some nice groundwork in that match. Really great uh groundwork. Um Liger he applied the pendulum submission and transitioned it into a bow and arrow and into the Romeo special. Ryuli and Hiromo Takahashi attack Lee no not attack Lee, attack Liger, and the crowd is booing them. Now Sano he gets tagged in and hits a missile dropkick on both Lee and Takahashi. Ryuli was looking for a tope on Sano, but he hits Hiromu by accident. Liger hits a brain buster! Sorry, every time I say brain buster, it has to be like that. You can save that clip for a compilation of me screaming, br screaming brain buster for a close near fall. Ryuli hits a tope suicida on Sano. Hiromu then hits the falcon arrow on Liger for a two count. Dragon Lee and Hiromu... Double team Liger for a two count. We had Liger um, counter the time bomb with a cradle for a two count, but Hiro Hiromo he manages he manages to connect um, the time bomb and he wins the match. And it was good. This was and it, we all knew it was coming to an end. This was Liger's last ride in the ring, and the feed actually crashed. Like when I was watching it on New Japan World. And I, I think everybody had that issue as well. When they were watching it live. It was really emotional to be exact. Just to, but it gets even more emotional when we get to the New Year's Dash. Which I would say for episode 47 of my podcast. But this was a nice send off. He put the younger guys over. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Now we have the IWGP. Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships on the line. We have ELP and Taiji Ishimori, whose mask, within a mask, reminds me of Shredder. 
from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I hope I'm not the only one that was thinking that as they take on uh, Rapungi 3K. <clears throat> now, like I mentioned, Ishimori's mask reminds me of the Shredder. Rapungi 3K immediately attacks ELP and Ishimori. And they just slid out the ring. They just said, time out, time out, hold up, hold up, hold up. Just wait one second. We're not ready yet. Okay, now we're ready. Ishimori kicks Show and the back and ELP is in control. Ishimori tags in and hits the Enziguri into a si sliding German suplex, which is a thing of beauty. It was so fast. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Now the champions, they torment Show with back rates. ELP, he walked the ropes. He did a backflip and literally raked uh, Show's back, which was the nice spot right there. I loved it. I loved it. Um, ELP then hit a springboard crossbody into a springboard moonsault uh, and takes out Rocky Romero with a suicide dive. The champions put Show in the tree of row and they stomp on his nuts. And they do the same thing with Yo. They put him in the tree of row position and each of more, and they both stomp on his nuts. On both, like, on both guys same simultaneously. Uh, Yo then hit a crossbody on the outside on both men. Um, Ishimori then hit a handspring in Zagiri on Yo, and both men tagged their partners. Uh, Sho hits suplexes both Ishimori and ELP. ELP goes for an inside cradle for a two count. He hits the Argentine counter on Sho, and Ishimori covers only for a two. We had Ishimori, he went for a cold breaker. And ELP followed it up with a moonsault, which, that was a nice spot right there. That was a nice tag team action right there. Combination for a near fall. Show then hit a Canadian Destroyer on ELP. Fucking awesome. ELP, he reversed the shock arrow, like escapes it, and turned it into a Styles Clash for a close near fall. Holy shit, it was awesome. ELP was about to hit Show with the title, but Rocky takes it away from him, and... While the ref was distracted, he tried to low blow him, but uh-oh. Something must have something must have hurt his poor widow hand. And the way ELP sold it, it is a thing of beauty. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> That's what he was like. And show, he pulls out a cup. Hey, um, AJ, if you want um lessons, look at show and yo. Why didn't you learn the sneaky style? Oh, that's right. You were part of Bullet Club. So you could avoid low blows again. <clears throat> so he turns him inside out. And with the Lariat, Rapungi 3K hit Ishimori with the 3K, taking him out. Sho then hit a shock arrow, and Yo followed it up with uh, a dragon suplex on ELP. And they hit a shock arrow double stomp combination to become... I believe the four-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. This was great. And they played it smart. They, looks like Rocky Romero really taught them well. But I enjoyed this match. Rapungi 3K is literally my favorite team. Literally. No ifs and or buts about it. They are my favorite team in New Japan right now. British Heavyweight Championship match. We have Sonata versus the current champion, Zack Sabre Jr., and this was an awesome technical wrestling match at its finest. I know this is not... Now, I know this is not um, everyone's cup of coffee. This is not their type of style. 
a match that they like to see in pro wrestling, but this was really good, man. It was a really great match, in my honest opinion. Now, the opening parts of the match, they start started with both men. They were trading counters. We had ZSJ. He applied the uh, straight jacket, and Sonata reversed it, and ZSJ reversed it. And you know where I'm going. Sonata to ZSJ. You, you get the picture. Um, Sonata does a fake out on ZSJ, and Zack... Is throwing a fit, which I like seeing Zack Sabre Jr. throwing a fit. It is so hilarious. I think he does it better than Suzuki. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Um, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> applies the Cobra twist, and Sonata reverses it with his own Cobra twist with five minutes passing by. Zack Sabre Jr. counters Sonata's moonsault with a shoulder lock and... Sonata makes it to the ropes. It looked like, to me, it looked like a ring of Saturns. And, um, like, that's what it really looked like to me. Uh, ZSJ, he worked on the arm of Sonata. Sonata then uh, followed back with a missile dropkick to the leg of ZSJ. He catches the PK, counters it with a dragon screw. Now, Sonata, he was looking for a dragon screw, but Zack Sabre Jr. raked the eyes and is looking for the Zack Sabre driver. And, but Sonata is looking for the Skullin, but ZSJ countered it into a guillotine. So nice back and forth with counters right here. Technical wrestling at its finest. Uh, Sonata applied the skull in and swings him around and is looking for the moonsault, but he crashes and burns and ZK hits the PK on his injured leg. Ten minutes pass by. We have both men traded European uppercuts uh, on each other. Both men traded roll-ups with so many near-falls. ZSJ counters Skull in with the European clutch for a close near-fall. He escapes Skull in again and applies the octopus stretch. The octopus stretch. You want to know why Zack Sabre Jr. is the master of technical wrestling. I had I witnessed it live in RevPro and at the WWN Super Show. Uh, both men, they traded bridge and pins, but ZSJ, he gets the win and... With a bridging pin of his own, <clears throat> the bridging pin of his own to uh, retain the British Heavyweight Championship. And like I mentioned, it was great technical wrestling at its fucking finest. Moving on, we had the IWGP United States Championship. Oh boy, I can't wait to talk about this. Um, we had Juice Robinson versus John Moxley. This was a good match, really good match. But it was the ending, the post-match, that got people talking. Now, Juice immediately hit a plancher on Moxley on the outside when he made his entrance. Uh, Moxley pulls out a chair, sets it up on the table. Uh, doesn't, it didn't work out for him. And he was looking to suplex him, but Robinson hits a drop toe hold on Moxley, on Moxley, and he lands on the chair. He sets him up on the chair, and Robinson hits a running cannonball. Um... <clears throat> Robinson back in the ring. He hits a lariat with, in the corner, and Moxley Irish whips him out of the ring. Uh, Moxley then hits a backbreaker on Robinson for uh, a two count and applies the camel clutch. Moxley then hits a sliding lariat for a close two count. He then chops Robinson and it fires him up. Both men chopped each other. Moxley then bit Robinson in the eye. Like the same part where he got that scar. And Juice hits him with a spine buster. And he followed it up with a juice box. And straight to a power bomb for a two count. 
Moxley applies the figure four on Robinson. He even does it on the post as well. He wraps the chair on Robinson's head, and it, and he looks like he was about to hit him with the chair. But Juice hits the left hand of God, literally right on the chair, straight to Moxley's face, and the hand, like his hand, started to hurt right there. Robinson back in the ring. We had a suplex and a jackhammer for a near fall. Both men, they were trading German suplexes and lariats, which was awesome. We had Moxley hitting a running knee, and it looked looking for a death rider, but Robinson hits multiple uh, hands of God, and is looking for pulp friction, but Moxley hits death rider and follows it up with an elevated death rider to retain the IWGP United States Championship. And like I mentioned, it was a good match, but it gets even better. It gets even better. Post-match, Minoru Suzuki's music hit. And by the way, I forgot to mention, I was working that Saints game during that time watching this match. And I'm like, oh, in my mind, I'm screaming, oh, yes, this is the match I've been waiting for all my life. Suzuki walking with uh, sweatpants, like he had his gear on and he was looking for a fight. They brawled and you had... um. You had Suzuki literally choke him out and hit the gotch-style pile driver, takes the U.S. title, poses with it, and he's like, be careful what you wish for. I'm like, this was the best thing that I loved, and we're going to get it in real life. And it's even teased for the IWGP United States Championship, so yes, yes, a thousand times, yes, to infinity and beyond, yes. <laughs> literally, yes. We had the never open weight uh, championship between uh, Hiroki Goto and Kenta. This was hard hitting as fuck. And I loved every second of it. Kenta loves to get the jeers from the crowd. Like, he loves being booed. And I had this discussion with my brother, and he mentioned that he should have just stayed. He should have he just stayed in Japan. And I mentioned, well, if he went to. Had he not went to WWE, he wouldn't have done that respect me thing, which was close to the heel persona that we were going to get. And now, look at it now. The Hideo Itami shit is long, dead and gone. And Kenta is reborn. So, Goto, he immediately attacks Kenta. He clotheslines him into and turns it into a running bulldog. He takes control with a big boot. He beats up Goto on the ramp. Kenta does. And he DDTs him as well. The ref was counting to make so he can make it back to the ring. He makes it on time. He kicks Goto in the back with five minutes passing by, and he covers him for a two count. Now, Kenta, he's talking shit while kicking him, and it enrages Goto, and he catches the kick and turns it into a spinning lariat. Like, the sound of it, like, like that. That's what it sounded like. It sounded like a fucking gun went off. Uh, <clears throat> both men, they traded elbow strikes and Goto hits a stiff one not, that literally knocks Kenta off his feet. He gets a backdrop suplex for a two count and he's looking for Oshigoroshi, but Kenta, he rakes the eyes and hits a power slam for a two count. Kenta then hits a slingshot, slingshots Goto's throat uh, on the ropes and hits a flying clothesline for a two count. Um, 10 minutes pass, right after Kenta hit a DDT on Goto, 
You had Goto hit the Ushigoroshi on Kenta. And that, both men were down right there. Kenta then applies the game over crossface. And Goto makes it to the ropes. Kenta then hits a draping DDT, a hesitation dropkick, and a diving foot stomp for a close near fall. We had Goto counter the Busaku knee, the Busaku knee, and apply the sleeper hold, and Kenta counters it with his own sleeper hold of his own and hits a PK and follows it up with a Busaku knee for a near fall. Kenta is looking for the GTS, but Goto counters it with a headbutt. Goto hits a lariat. Kenta follows back with two spinning back fists and a lariat, and Goto hits a spinning lariat for a close near fall. Now, Kenta, he was slapping Goto, and Goto was just walking forward to him. They were trading slaps back and forth, and Goto literally slapped this dude so hard that it just lit a fire in him right there. Goto then hit the GTW for near fall, and he finished off Kenta with the GTS. Not the GTS, I'm thinking of go to sleep. The GTR to win the Never Open Way Championship. This was a great match, and, <clears throat> and it was stiff as hell, like I mentioned. Really great stuff here, man. Really great stuff. And Goto got revenge for Shibata. And we were all hoping that Shibata was going to be there. Like, to get payback to Kenta. But he's never going to wrestle again. Now, New Japan, they revealed their dates for 2020 before we get to the next match. So, I'm going to reveal them to you guys right here. If you're new to New Japan, this is what we got. What we got. On February the 1st and 2nd, we got the new beginnings in Sapporo. February 9th, the new beginning in Osaka. March 3rd is their 48th, the 48th anniversary show of New Japan. March 20 and 21st is the New Japan Cup. March 31st is Sakura Genesis. Um, <clears throat> April 29th is wrestling's is wrestling Satsuna no Satsuma Nokuni. May 3rd and 4th is wrestling Dontaku. June 6th is Best of the Super Juniors 27 Finals. June June 14th is Dominion. And G1 Climax is not in August. Because they're going to be doing the Tokyo Olympic Games there. So they moved it to October. So it will be on the 16th, the 17th, and the 18th for the G1 Climax 30 Finals. So looking forward to this. I'm already pumped up for New Japan because they're doing excellent work, in my honest opinion. Up next, we had Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. The runner-ups, or or should we prefer them as losers in their respective matches in night one. But they're not losers. I don't like calling them losers, but we could just say, yeah, runner-ups, to say the least. Now, Jay White doing what Jay White does. He slides out of the ring. As Gato try is trying to get involved, Ibushi, he hit um a flying mid kick. Ibushi with the combination on White and a standing moonsault for a two count. White then stuns Ibushi on the ropes, hits Ibushi in the back, and sends him flying to the barricade throw first. And the way he sold it, 
Like, he's he literally just jumped off and just landed throw first. Um, White slams Abushi's throat on the apron. The apron, he um, hits a reverse neck breaker on Abushi for just a one count. Five minutes pass by, and Abushi hits a snap rana on Jay White. Abushi then hits a diving plancha on White on the outside. And Abushi hits a springboard missile dropkick. And he follows it up with the catch power slam into the middle rope moonsault for a two count. White changes the momentum with a DDT spiking Kota Abushi in the process because Kota Abushi is a really great seller. <clears throat> White hits the Death Valley driver on Abushi only for a two count. Abushi then hits a bastard driver on White, and both men are down with 10 minutes passing by. White hammers Abushi with strikes, and he just slowly gets up and forearms him. Like, Abushi then knocks down White with forearms, with a forearm that, with that deadly trance in his eyes. Now, the story, and I know I should have mentioned this, Jay White was trying to recruit Kota Abushi to Bullet Club. Man, Abushi in the dark side? Hmm, they might be setting it up in the future. Who knows? Who knows? Um, like, I don't want Abushi to stare at me with those de deadly eyes. Now, both men, they traded strikes, and Abushi puts down White with a lariat. You had White hit a snap flatliner into a deadlift German suplex. White hits the blade buster and follows it up with a kiwi crusher for a near fall. 15 minutes pass by, and White hits a snap Saito suplex, and Abushi landed on the back of his head. Jay then tripped Abushi from attempting a springboard Rana and hits an avalanche Uranagi, which looked awesome for a near fall. Abushi then hits a sleeper suplex. Spike. No, um, I said Abushi. White hits a sleeper suplex, spiking Abushi on his head. Abushi then hits the V-trigger on White, and both men are down. Abushi was looking for the bomb IA, but rolls up White and hits a bridge and German suplex, which was a nice sequence. I got to give it to Kota Abushi. That was a great innovative sequence right there. Fake the bomb IA, turn it into a roll-up, into a bridge and German suplex. That was nice. Now, he manages to hit bomb IA for a close near fall. High kicks connect. With 20 minutes passing by, and he looks for Kamigoye, but of course, in Jay White matches, we get a ref bump. We get a ref bump, and Gato is in the ring with a chair. Gato then hits Abushi with the chair, and Abushi gives him that death stare like, I'm about to fucking kill you. And he just gives him a right hand for his trouble. Kamigoye connects by Abushi and turns it into a Golden Star power bomb, but the ref is still selling the bump. Abushi, he sends him back. He sends Red Shoes back in the ring. No, I believe it, it was Red Shoes. Maybe not. Um. Now White was playing possum, but Abushi hits two mid mid kicks into the Kamigoye for a near fall because Gato pulled the ref out of the ring. Abushi stops Gato from hitting him with the brass knuckles, but White throws a chair at Abushi's face, and Gato punches him in the face with the brass knuckle. With the brass knuckles, White hits a straight jacket, Bloody Sunday, and hits Blade Runner to win this match. And this was a really good match, and 
I love the uh, detail that I believe Kevin Kelly said that Abushi has been cursed with Wrestle Kingdom because I know he's been losing a lot. I'm just being honest, but I I, I think it should have been Okada and Jay White. It it was Abushi. It was Abushi's time. Everybody wanted Abushi to win, but you can't please anybody. But the, now the story is, does he still have it in him? Is what I'm thinking. Next, we have a special singles match between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Le Champion Chris Jericho. Now, the stipulation of this match was if Tanahashi beats Jericho, he will open the forbidden door and challenge for the AEW World Championship. Now, Jericho, he was wearing the title during the entrance, and his theme, the altered theme, is so awesome. It is awesome. Um, they did some work holds in the beginning of the match. Um, Tanahashi hits a high cross body on Jericho. They, like, the beginning parts, it was just ground-based wrestling, just work holds right there. Tanahashi hit a high cross body on Jericho, hits an arm drag, and strings his guitar that I still have in my, in my closet that I got from him in, uh, 2018. <laughs> and he does the muscle pose. Jericho then hits a springboard dropkick on Tanahashi. On the outside, we had Jericho hit Tanahashi with the with a barricade, and he takes a cameraman's camera and takes photos with it with fifty minutes pa- with five minutes passing by. Jericho tells Gino, "Shut, shut your mouth, fat ass." <laughs> I, I laughed at this. Jericho knows how to reinvent himself, and yes, I know there were some people that were making memes of him having a dad body. But he still looked great in the ring. Like, what's with this body shaming shit? I'm just being honest. What's with this body shaming shit? Is this what we're resorting to in 2020? <laughs> I'm just being honest here. <clears throat> so, Jericho, he hit a DDT on Tanahashi on the table, literally spiking him before screaming, Bakahashi! I like that. I really do. Jericho hits a Tiger Brack Breaker on Tanahashi and mocks him during his guitar ta- during his guitar taunt. He's like, "You don't like that, huh? You don't." <laughs> you know, I fucking love Jericho. I love Jericho. That you don't like that, huh? Um, Jericho misses the high fly. He tried to do a high fly flow, but he missed it. Even Tanahashi was laughing at it because it was so terrible. <laughs> Ten minutes pass, and Red Shoes gets bumped uh, by Tanahashi. Jericho low blows Tanahashi, hits him with the weight belt multiple times, but Tanahashi gets payback of his own and hits a low blow. Tanahashi hits a second rope uh, senton, and he goes for the cover only for a two count. Tanahashi hits high fly flow on the outside, connecting, literally hitting Jericho. Tanahashi hits three dragon screw leg whips on Jericho. He countered the code breaker and hit a dragon screw multiple times. Jericho gets the knees up, counters the high fly flow, connects with the lion salt only for a near fall. Um, Tanahashi counters the Judas effect into a German suplex for a near fall. Lots of great near falls here. 
We had the uh, Lion Tamer not fully applied yet. Uh, and Tanahashi escapes by and hits the Sling Blade. Tanahashi connects the fi- with the final cut and is looking for high fly flow, but Jericho counted it into a cold breaker for a near fall. Tanahashi avoids the Judas effect and hits a code breaker of his own for a near fall. 20 minutes pass and Tanahashi avoids the Lion Tamer with a cradle for a two count. He hits Twist and Shout and a Sling Blade for a near fall. Jericho rolls out the high fly, rolls out of the high fly flow and applies the Lion Tamer and fully hyperextended it and Tanahashi taps out. Jericho gets his first Tokyo Dome win. And the Forbidden Door is closed. And it, it was a great match. It got people talking. People wanted Tanahashi to win. Now, I talked to my friend Paul from Two-Face Wrestle Talk at the Saints game. When, right after I was leaving. And I told him that in about two years or, sh- two years or until the time comes... New Japan will work with AEW in the future. You just got to give it time. And I understand it's been the talk, but you know there's still animosity between um, Kenny Omega. There's animosity by the Bucks, from the Young Bucks. But uh, it's going to take time. But from now, let's just cut these rumors down because I know everybody wanted to talk about it. They want this working relationship. They want to see dream matches in AEW that you haven't seen before. But let's shut this rumor down for now until we get more details. Uh, double gold dash for both the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship. We got the Intercontinental Champion Naito, whose Titantron, I forgot to mention in night one, felt like Persona. And Okada, for the he- and Heavyweight Champion Okada. Now, they worked each other... Uh, with locks and holds in the first part of the match. Okada hit a DDT on Naito for a two count. He hit a Senton Atomico, and the way he screamed, he's like, ah! <laughs> I don't know how he sounded, but it sounded so hilarious. I rewinded it like five times, and it was just so, it's just so hilarious. With five minutes passing by, Naito hit an arm drag, hits the elbow, the drop kicks. And drop kicks Okada in the back of the head. Uh, Naito, his combination cabron on Okada. He followed it up with a draping neckbreaker on the outside. Um, back in the ring, he hits a neckbreaker for a two count. And he applies the crucifix hold on Okada while working on his neck. He wants to get uh, weak in the neck so he can hit Destino. Um... <clears throat> Okada turns Naito inside out with a big boot, literally flipped him over. He hits a flapjack on Naito and follows it up with an air raid crash. Okada hits a diving elbow drop and does the rainmaker pose. Gotta get that wide shot, because it's a thing of beauty. I love that wide shot. Naito avoids the rainmaker with elbow strikes and, like, right on the neck of uh, Okada. Uh, Naito hits a pop-up spine buster and sets him off. Like, he sets him up on the top rope and hits the Super Rana. Uh, 15 minutes pass. Okada escaped the Gloria with multiple strikes. Uh, Naito fires back with strikes, but he's he gets sent flying with a shotgun dropkick. Okada dropkicks Naito, and he's sent flying on the outside. 
He works on the knee of Naito by slamming it. Like, it's right on the outside, right? Right on the outside, slamming the injured knee. And slams Naito's knee on the table before chop blocked. Right before he chop blocked it. <clears throat> 20 minutes passed and Okada hit a top rope missile drop kick for a two count. Okada folds Naito in half with a German suplex, literally folding him in half, and looks for the Rainmaker, but Naito counters it with a Tilt-A-Whirl DDT, or a Tornado DDT, spiking Okada in the process. Naito gained advantage with the High Angle Gloria, and hits an Avalanche Poison Rana, literally spiking Okada for a near fall. How did you kick out of that? Naito hit a flying forearm and was looking for Destino, but Okada escapes, hits the rolling kick, and Okada follows back with a drop kick, and Naito hits Destino out of nowhere for a great near fall. And I love it when you hear Kevin Kelly uh, scream Destino when, when Naito hits it. 25 minutes pass by. Okada hits Naito with a drop kick. Both men are down. They trade strikes on their knees while trading forearm strikes. Okada hits a spinning Rainmaker, and Naito avoids the Rainmaker and looks for Destino, but Okada counters it into a tombstone, follows it up with a Rainmaker. I thought that was it right there, but Naito kicks out. 30 minutes pass by, and both men are down. You had Naito spitting in the face of Okada, and he gets pissed, and he slams his knee multiple times, and the crowd literally started booing Okada. He's like, yeah, give it to me, give it to me. Okada hits a Rainmaker and maintains wrist control with another Rainmaker. Naito avoids the third Rainmaker and hits Destino and his and he land on his he landed on his knee, his injured knee, for and he goes for the cover only for a close near fall. He even pulled out a Stardust Press. A Stardust Press for another close near fall. 35 minutes pass. You had um Naito hit looked like a reverse brain buster and finished it off with Destino to become both the IWGP heavyweight champion and intercontinental champion. This was amazing. It was magnificent. It was excellent. It was perfect. Phenomenal. I can go on and on, man. I can go on and on. This was wrestling at its fucking finest. At its finest. Now, post-match... You know, you do your usual victory speech. And they he does his los and go by, nah, bless. But before he says dehapon, Kenta comes out of nowhere. He attacks Naito, hits him with the running PK and a GTS. No confetti or anything for this year's Wrestle Kingdom. The crowd gave it to Kenta. He, they booed the shit out of him. And he, he loves it. He really loves it, and he wants both the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships, and he poses on a down Naito like Shibata, and that was how they closed out Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. This was awesome. Like, if you're not watching New Japan, literally, go to NewJapanWorld.com, sign up, just sign up. You're missing out on some great, you're missing out on great wrestling. You're really missing out on great wrestling. And I love Kenta embracing his dark side. He literally overshadowed Jay White as the top heel 
in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, I, I can't put it, I can't put it dustly. I really can't. This was awesome. This was an amazing show to kick off their new year, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store this year alone. And are we going to be seeing some new guys? We haven't seen Shota Umino. He might be getting a character change. He might be in that junior heavyweight uh, division ranking pretty soon. But um, so many questions that need answers. Liger's retirement uh, match was amazing. Was awesome. This was the last time we've seen Liger in a ring. Well, until we get to the New Year's Dash, which I will talk about later on in the podcast. But Wrestle Kingdom, it was an awesome show. Great way to kick off uh, 2020. You got to go guns blazing, and that's what New Japan did. Paul said it best. My friend Paul said it best. New Japan is the best pro wrestling company right now. And I agreed 100%. Production is great. The match order is great. The storylines are great. Everything about New Japan is great. I, I love it. I love New Japan. They're like my number one best promotion right now. But I'm looking forward to seeing what they have in store for them. You guys, sign up. It is really worth it. And that's it. I'm I'm calling it a day here. And I'm getting out and prepping for episode 47 of the podcast follow me on twitter at shino d phoenix like the facebook page follow me on instagram at cool man sip and i will see you guys next time for episode 47 of no one's ready for wrestling till then take care be safe and i'll talk to you guys later peace out